from my husband. I'm thinking, you know, did you get a new car? Did you, did you, what, what did you get? And she said, I got a paper heart that said I love you and it was taped to my mirror in the bathroom. And I said, how'd that make you feel? She goes, I am still, this was a day or two after, she goes, I am still just... <laughs> we have to show our love in relevant ways. We have to show our love in, in ways that make sense, that are tangible for the people that we love. And we have to love, as we talked about last week, we have to love the way that God loves us. And if we don't spend our quality time... Listen, in my opinion... I know we're going in order, but quality time with God should have been first. Because if, if, you, if you're not spending the quality time with God, none of these love languages can pour out of you. Uh, you can't be the dad, father, husband, wife, aunt, uncle, whoever you are. Uh, grandma, grandpa. You can't be that without that quality time uh, with God first. Oh, water's done. Everybody hear that? <laughs> oh, Alright, somebody took it off. Okay. Those of you that are listening online, the, the water thing just went off. So we have some people going, what in the world? No. Uh, this morning, I, I want to take some time. We're going to be in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 14. So if you want to get on your phone, power on your phone, look in your Bible, uh, in Mark chapter 14. I, but before we get there, I want, to, I want to ask us to do something. Because we are going to study, you guys can probably read ahead of this, into this sermon. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about receiving gifts and gifts, and uh, I am going to focus on what God has given us, Jesus. Okay, um, but I want to I want to pray this morning that that not only do we do we edify with uh, edify God in in our worship, but we, that we edify Him with our study of His Word, and and that quite frankly we just make much of Jesus. Without Him, none of this none of this is possible. Would you pray with me, God? I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. God, will you just take a look at me this morning and take a look at the individuals in this room. And God, may we turn around and in the same way look up at you. And God, through this message, through the study of Scripture, through uh, maybe a conversation today, will, will you just make it greatly known to me and these people? Maybe they had a hard week. God, will you just use your Holy Spirit in this place right now to show us, to hug us, and for you to make it very well known, God, that you love us so much. To send the best gift that's ever been given to us. God, if there's somebody here that does not know you or have a relationship with you and don't know about Jesus. God, I pray that something in, in this sermon, something in a song, something in a conversation, God would, would stir in their heart that they, that they realize that they need you. And God, we pray that everything that we do here today, whether it was cleaning a bathroom, making popcorn or coffee, going to the store <laughs> to get supplies for the classroom or God, for just coming here or playing music, whatever. God, that everything that we do in this place this morning be everything and totally all about you. In your name we pray. Amen. When I taught the Connect group on Wednesday night, I started off my group, uh, we meet here on Wednesdays at 6, and I started off the group and I asked them this question, I said, what's, what's, your, what's the coolest thing or your favorite present that you've ever received in your life? You know, most of the answers that I got 
were not things that cost like ten thousand dollars. They just weren't. Uh, I heard. I heard um, one person in the group said. After my grandfather passed away, I got his Bible with his handwritten notes in it. That's a big deal. Uh, I have a box of tools that were my grandfather's. They're very special. Maybe you had a pocket knife, or you have some, uh, a, we have a recipe book from my grandmother that's priceless. Uh, I love it. Um, but I also met with people on Wednesday. And they're here this morning. That Satan is trying to distract you, pull you apart, keep you alone, get you in a corner, and he is just swinging at you. He's just swinging at you. And maybe you're, you're sitting here going, yeah, that's my week. Let me give you a little bit of encouragement. What, what, what happened this week involving some of the people... That connection, and I, I just want to—I want to—I want to show my love for them. Uh, if you had the chance to go to Mount Vernon High School's operetta, I think you would agree with me in saying, "Wow, it was amazing!" Not only was it amazing, we had several young people from Connection that made that possible, and it was awesome to see them serving in that and using their talents, and and they use those talents here, and it's, it was just—it was a blessing. I'm 37 years old. I'm a guy, and I went to Cinderella by myself with some friends. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was awesome. The, the, yeah, and, and yesterday, yesterday we t- I, got to, I got to help serve. And I went with three other adults, and we took 16 of our Kids Rock children to do Missions Day. 16. What was there, 87? 87 kids? 87 kids showed up yesterday. And we, did, we had 11 different spots around town. And I took three. Four. I took four of our kids with me. And we went to Lifeboat. The homeless shelter. And we made vegetable soup. And we... Listen, the... Between, between our young people and the residents at this place, at the, at the homeless shelter, they completely smashed an entire loaf of bread made into grilled cheese. Destroyed. <laughs> that, was, that was the big thing that they ate. Then we cooked German chocolate cake. We have some chefs in our church, and they did a really good job. And that cake got smashed all so, <laughs> but we had a good time and we served and, and this, this is the point that I want to show you. I, wanna, I want you to receive this because I want you to understand what's going on. I had a young girl with us and everybody did their, their own job. But there was one little girl, then she goes here, and she was in our group and we circled her up around Grandma Ruth. And Grandma Ruth is a resident at Lifeboat, and if you go to Lifeboat, you will meet Ruth. She'll be a forever resident there. Um, but she is a very, very, very humble, godly woman. And I said, I said, we would like to pray for you before we leave. And we all circled up, you know, all of us, and we held hands. And I said, does anybody want to pray? And I heard this little voice. I will. Okay. I mean, if you, you've worked with children, right? You know, sometimes they're scared to pray. Not, not her. She said, I'll pray. And she began to pray for Grandma Ruth, and she prays for the residents. 
And this kid's not in junior high yet. And she keeps praying. And I thought heaven was going to come down. It was awesome. These are the types of things that God has given us. The ability and teachers to teach young people that are growing into spiritual giants. Not for their edification, not for their success, but for the glorification of God. And that excites me to death. I'm so, I was so, there's no way. There's no way that they got out of that what I did. I don't think. I I was just so blessed. But I hope that you hear that this morning. That God is doing something. God is starting something. And it's big. It's beyond big. And that brings us to our point. About the gifts. If you speak the language of gifts... Little things. And I talked about, my, I believe that my mother-in-law has, she, she, likes, she likes little gifts. She, she speaks this love language. Because everywhere we go, I don't care if you go to Indiana or Kentucky or somewhere local, we, every time we go somewhere, we bring Sarah back a magnet. We have to. Her refrigerator is full. They got them from Cancun to Ireland to all kinds of different places. Uh, but she takes them. She puts a piece of tape. She writes uh, who went there. So Matt, Mary, and the girls. And uh, she'll write the, the date on it. But it's little gifts. When I went to South Africa, the first time I saw her, I hugged her. And the first question that she asked me, she goes, where's my magnets? <laughs> I told her that I was going to get them before I went. So I gave them to her. And it's it, these little things, but you, you know as well as I do, a magnet is not a new car. A paper heart does not cost anything to make. It takes your time. But these, these gifts, we give to other people to speak their language. They don't have to be expensive. Mary and I went to the Magnificent Mile in Chicago. We like Chicago. We went there several years ago. And uh, we, like, we went in February and it had a lot of snow and it wasn't that cold. So we just walk around in the snow on the Magnificent Mile and it was really romantic. And we were holding hands. And, and we saw this store. Tiffany's. Speaking of gifts, I said, Mary, let's play a game. Because there's not a chance I can probably afford anything in that store. We went in there and I said, hey, play, let's play this game. I'm going to give you a gift, but you're not going to receive it. <laughs> but I want you to pick out something. We were just having fun. We were, I just want you to pick out something. She goes in there. She picks a little bitty gold chain with like a third carat, little diamond in the middle. And I said, well, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, believe it or not, uh, they did not let us even go upstairs. Uh, I guess we weren't high roller enough. I don't want to see what's up there. Okay. Uh, but he said, well, you're in luck. Everything down here is under 10000 how much for the box? <laughs> Empty, just the box. And she picked out this bracelet, and I said, that's, that's, that's beautiful. I said, how m- there's no price tag on anything. There's a reason. It's so you don't collapse in their store from a heart attack. Okay, And it's beautiful stuff, and if you, you get stuff from Tiffany's, that's great. But she picked out this bracelet, and I said, how much was this bracelet? She says, $9,300. I said, oh, no, it's not. No way. But we just we just had we just had fun. We had fun. We just just goofed around and, and going out to different places to eat. Um, if you're a if you're a mom, dad, a grandma, whatever, whoever you are, and you're in the yard in the summer, this is this a gift giving thing is natural in kids. How many kids have you ever seen that run up to their mom with a dandelion? Or that run out of kids rock with a freshly colored paper and say, Look what I did. 
And I know in the back of your mind you're like, I have a stack this big of the... I know, I know. But, but they're, they're special. And, and, and somehow, from a kid to, to older adult, somehow that goes away. It just, it just it goes away. God, God never intended for it to go away. We should always be giving. Hmm. Imagine this. Your kids, whoever's kids you're around, your grandkids, whatever. Christmas morning. The tree, the presents, they're all wrapped. Can you imagine this? Your kids get up at, you know, the regular hour of like 4.30 a.m. on Christmas. <laughs> Anybody else have that happen? Mom and Dad get up. I said, what time is it? And we, I get up pretty early. What time is it? She goes, it's 3 something. I said, nope. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> so, and then we're like up at 4.30, okay? So, so they, but, they, but this, on, this, on this Christmas morning, they wake up and they're so excited because it's Christmas morning. And they come flying down the stairs and they come running into the living room. And they see this huge, cool, awesome, or small tree. And all these presents were either wrapped in the newspaper or wrapped in beautiful paper or whatever. They're, but they're wrapped and they go up to the tree and they look at it and go, eh, I don't want to open anything. Has that ever happened to anyone? No, it's a war zone. Right? I mean, have you seen... Have you, anybody been a part of a, of a crazy gift opening experience? Paper flying. you got to watch out for tape in your hair. I mean, this is nuts. It just gets opened and tore open and tore open and tore open. But if you have your worship hand out with, with me, look at the first blank. Look at this. What good is a gift that you don't open? See, we've been given gifts by God. We, we, we have all been given gifts. We've been given gifts to pray, to sing, to whatever your talent is. You've been given gifts, but here's the deal. You imagine those kids running into the living room, grabbing that box and going, eh, I don't need this. No way! But we as adults, we as followers of Jesus, excuse me, sometimes we do this. I really don't want to know the statistic of this. But probably many followers of Jesus, maybe somebody in here, maybe some people in here, have this gift and it's beautifully wrapped inside of us and it's from, I mean, it's, it's like to you from God, but it stays wrapped. Listen, they come, they come already solved. But if it wasn't and you had a Rubik's Cube in a box... I don't know, some, some people think it's absolutely impossible anyway. I've never solved one any, either, um, without taking the stickers off, of course. But, um, but if, if, if you put a Rubik's Cube that's all mixed up in a shoebox and you wrap it up and you give it to somebody, they have no idea how it works because they don't know what it is. Do you understand that? The, the gift that you're given, especially a Rubik's Cube, but the gift from God that you've given should be unwrapped by us and we should look at it. And you should find out how it works, what it does, how it functions, what it's to be used for to further the kingdom of God. And listen, if you don't open the present, you've been given the gift, but you've not received it. You can't, you can't manipulate, you can't, you, can't, you can't do this. I had, a, I had a person contact me this week, blew my mind. They said, I just want to tell you I love you. That's, that's always cool to hear. I love you. And I want to tell you that I'm praying for you. Is there anything that I can... Out of the blue, just call me say, Is there anything that I can pray for you? Do you have no idea? <laughs> I said, I have a list, but I'll cut it down to a couple. 
see, they have this gift. They're, they are literally, they, they, are, they, have, they have a spiritual gift of intercessory prayer. They have a, a God-given gift of praying for other people. And, and they're using it. They know how it works. It comes from years of being a follower. Years of studying God's Word. But she's seeing the fruit of this, of this gift now. And how it's supposed to be used. We have gifts inside of us that have been given to us by the greatest gift giver that has ever existed. And we don't want to... Sometimes we don't want to open it. Why don't we want to open it? Well, sometimes it causes us to get a little bit uncomfortable when we have to use it. It does. It stretches us. But I wonder, what, what are the effects... See, the, what are the... What are the what are the good things that can happen when you open your gift? You can look at that gift. You can use your gift. But what are, that's, that's the benefit side. But what is the, what is the tragic side on this side? If, if that gift was meant to impact people for the kingdom of God and you never open it. We have to use, we have to use them. Uh, we're we're in, in Mark chapter 14 uh, verse 1. Look with me on the screen or in your Bibles. It was now two days before Passover and the feast, or the festival of unleavened bread. Passover, if you remember from the Old Testament, um, is when the Jewish people took the sacrificial lamb, they took the blood and they put it over the doorpost and the death angel passed over them and anybody that did not put the blood up, the death angel came into their house and they lost their firstborn son. Okay, it was a huge deal, but it's still celebrated today. Still celebrated today in Jewish faith. But it's two days. It's give us a good time. And the, the festival of unleavened bread. And what I, what I wanted to say is, um, some people, you can read about these. You can read about all this stuff. But I, I want to show you, I want to teach you God's word. Because the festival of unleavened bread was when the Jewish people were in Egypt and they had to go. And they didn't have a whole lot of time. And if you, has anybody ever baked bread before? Bake bread, bake bread, bake bread. I'm not signing you up for anything. Okay, bake bread. Okay. You have to let it, you put the yeast in, it has to activate, it has to rise. Right? They didn't have time to let the bread rise, so they cooked it unleavened. So it didn't have to rise, so they just slid it in, took it out, ate it, left. So they're, 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 um, this, this meal is still practiced today, in which they eat uh, bitter herbs, um, they, ha- they sacrifice the lamb, the family has to eat all of the meat, all of it, um, and then they have unleavened bread, and they eat lamb, and they, they have wine, and they, this is a celebration. Um, but they're, they're looking back at the gift that God had given them, a gift of exodus from Egypt, a gift of non-enslavement. Yeah, this is a huge gift that they celebrate. Um, it says the leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill Him. Man, this is awesome. God's greatest gift that He's ever given anything, anybody in the world is Jesus Christ. And we see here that He is liked so much that people have already started to talk about Him, hunt Him, and they want to kill Him. I, lo- I, I like looking at these different things in Scripture because here's the deal. Whenever God wants to do something, He's going to do it. 
When it's time, it's going to happen. There's a place in Scripture where people have, they, they, actually, they actually cornered Jesus and they were walking actually towards a cliff geographically. And it says that they were, they were going to capture Jesus and they were going to kill Him. And it says that Jesus went out of their midst. I don't know what kind of cool trick it is. I don't know if He just walked in. I don't know if He, you know, Mr. Spock out of there. I don't know. Okay? But it's, but it's, it's timing. Maybe, maybe God has been working with you about timing. I saw timing work completely amazingly this week in a couple different ways. I, I did something, uh, not, not bad, but I, I decided that God had really led me to do something, and I did, and then, boom, somebody goes, hey, I do that. Of course you do. Of course you do. But God was waiting on me to get out of the way. He said, let somebody else use their gift. Move away and do something else. And I'm like, okay. And boom. (laughs) I was like, wow. I even saw timing so precise that a young man during Cinderella walks on this side of the stage and he comes and he goes like this and you hear... I've never sat so close to the orchestra. It was it was so cool. I was just watching. I was watching this operetta, and I I, I did watch the characters, but I was watching these musicians. They're good. <laughs> They're really good. And it, the the timing. See, we get timing messed up. I want it now. I want it right now, and I want it how I want it. Listen, maybe God is dealing with you with some really big stuff, and maybe He's saying this. You're waiting on me. While you're waiting on me, I want you to do everything in your power to serve me as best as you can while you wait. Oh, that's so easy. Because our head already gets out of it. God says, listen, I'm not looking for you to go there. I just want you to be patient until something else goes on. But these people loved Jesus so much, that's sarcasm, they're hunting Him. Okay, So it gives us exact time of year. It gives us uh, what was going on. And it says the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. Do you understand who is trying to kill Him? (laughs) It's the Sunday school teachers. It's the teachers of the law. They taught the Mosaic law, the law of Moses. And Jesus was so radically different that He was causing a stir. It was like a giant tsunami. (laughs) It was not calm. And He made a lot of waves. And to the point, why did they do it secretly? You don't do bad things in public. On purpose. You plot. You plot. The, the, you can study history and the assassinations of people. There's a plot. My uncle was a, was a communications recon uh, ground marine and, and he, he, he talked about the, in the Persian Gulf War when they took the power out of Saddam Hussein's palace. They didn't knock on the door. Sir, we're just here. No, no, no. Saddam Hussein had to be hidden, but he, they didn't just go up and say, you know what, I think today we'll just kill the power to Saddam Hussein's palace, but first we're going to let him know. We'll knock on his door to let him know it's going to happen. No. You don't do this thing, these things in public, so they did it secretly, and there's a plan. There's a plot. It gets me. People read Scripture and they go, it's boring. Dude, there's wars, there's murders, there's love stories. All kinds of stuff. Look at verse 2. But not during the Passover celebration. <laughs> Do 
you see the humor here? All right, we're going to kill him. We're just going to wait. <laughs> Not yet. We're, we're, we're going to kill. You're gonna, they're going to kill someone. They said, but let's wait. Let's just, let's just wait. Why? Look at this. The people may riot. This tells us how many followers Jesus has. The Jewish people, okay, and not all of them were following Jesus, but just the the number of Jewish people. This, listen, we see this same similar story if you look back to Pharaoh in Egypt. One of the things why he released them is there were so many, and God had God had blessed their population so much that the the Pharaoh's like, listen, man, if they just come, if they all come at us with sticks, they outnumber us so much. Look at the next verse. Look at verse three. Passover in the Old Testament, they put the lamb's blood above the door, the doorpost, so the angel of death would would go over it. But as we see in Scripture, this lamb has changed. Now this lamb is living, walking, breathing with them. He's going to be the ultimate sacrifice. So we see Jesus. He's in Bethany. He's hanging out with some of his buddies. Okay, um, so we see we see him and. In, in, we talked about this, one of these guys last week, but look at three. Verse three. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. What is it with Jesus? Last week, he hung out with a leper. He hangs out with tax collectors. Jesus wasn't a member of a country club. Okay, if he had a vehicle, he, wasn't, he, he didn't have anything special. He, he was normal, but he hung out with people that needed him. He's giving when Jesus sits down at a meal, He's giving them the literal presence of Him sitting with them, face to face, eating a meal. And, he's, and something has happened with this man, whether he was healed by Jesus or, or somewhere else. Um, we see that Jesus has given him, a, God has given him a gift. It says, while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. You cannot get this at Nordstrom. Nordstrom. You cannot get this at um, any big, cool designer store with expensive perfume. But if you could, it would be like all the Giorgio Armani stuff. This is, this is upper level stuff. Yet that stuff lacks in comparison to cost that this did. Okay? Now he's eating. Now we need, it's very important that we, that we know who he's eating with. And in the book of John, that's why the Bible is so cool. In the book of John, Jesus here is at Bethany. Who else lives in Bethany? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And if you look in John, he's eating there, and they're friends, he's hanging out with these people. But then later on in John 11.35, you see the human side of Jesus, and that's after Lazarus died, and Jesus weeps. He shows his, his emotions, his human side. So they're buddies, they're friends, and they're giving the gift to each other of eating together. And look at what she did. The, while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke, it, broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Maybe you have received or bought expensive perfume. It is not perfume that you put on like this. You know. It's like... 
You know how much it costs. It's expensive. Now, the next time, I don't recommend doing this, but the next time that you, you're getting ready in the morning and you're going to go somewhere and you want to put on some cologne or perfume, just, just kind of just chip off some of that glass and open the jar and just... Don't do that. Okay? Don't. You'll smell like whatever you put on for a couple days, probably. Um, so why is, this, why is this so important? She's giving a gift. She's giving a gift. Mary is the one giving the gift. If you read the different accounts of this story, and Martha's busy and she gets on to her for doing all this, and we're going to look at the, look at look at what was said. So she broke it open and poured the perfume over his over his head. How about this? You have a dinner party. You have your friends come over. You go in your, in your cabinet, whether it's Nautica or Curve or whatever you wear. You get the bottle of Curve and you walk up right to your buddy and say, Man, I love you! Tea! That's crazy! They're not going to see the humor in that, okay? They're just not, so don't try that. But this woman gives a gift because Jesus had changed her entire life. He had set her free. We see... We see Mary Magdalene show up to Jesus' tomb, and she's one of the first. She's one of the, the first ones. She's in. She's in that group, and they say, "Well, why? Why is she so important? Why? Why is she? Why is she here?" And you can read scripture that that she followed him there. To, she wanted to see him because she was so thankful because Jesus had cast demons out of her. See, Jesus had given her a gift, and out of that gift, she couldn't help give more. So now we look at this Mary. And she broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Now the disciples are here. Can you imagine? What in the world? Jesus, we've seen a lot of weird things. But this chick just broke open a very, 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 very expensive perfume. And dumped Jesus, you don't even wear that perfume. That's not your brand. It's not the point. Right? It's not the point. Look at verse 4. Some of those at the table were indignant. Mad, upset, irritated, Ugh, disgusted. <laughs> Primarily, there's probably somebody that's even more upset. Judas is at this table. Judas was the treasurer out of the disciples. He, he probably he's he, you can look in scripture and he talked about uh, that he had embezzled money and he probably says this. Why waste such expensive perfume? What's he wanting to do? He's wanting okay, give us a gift. I'll take it because I'm the treasurer. I'll sell it. And then we'll use the money. Now, how expensive is it? They got one denarii a day. This perfume was three hundred. It's a it's a year's pay, a year's salary. Look, it could it could have been sold a year for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. Okay, Ju- Judas probably said this has no point in any part of giving anything of this to the poor. What it meant to him was it was going to be some financial gain for himself. And because this lady broke this huge perfume bottle, he wasn't going to get any of it. What does your gift look like? When when is the last time that you have been so thankful for what God has done in your life where you have literally come into His presence and said, God, I love you so much. I'm just thankful that I can breathe and walk, but I can do this. 
I have, a, I have a friend, a pretty good friend of mine. His name's Larry DeLauder. He played, he plays professional harmonica, and he imitates Barney Fife. And he goes to different churches. He used to perform in Branson professionally. This guy's good. He's never had a harmonica lesson in his entire life. And he plays a song, if you know gospel music, he plays a song, uh, an instrumental song called Glory Bound Train. And in that, he goes through seven different octaves and key, or seven different keys of his harmonica while he's playing. He's like, and he just keeps getting higher and higher, and it gets even faster. And I remember him telling me the story. I said, man, how in the world did you ever learn how to play the harmonica like that? He said, I was sitting in my bedroom. And he said, I, I just come to a point in my life and I said, God, I want to do something for you and I want to do something big for you and I want to do it for the rest of my life. And he said, the only thing that I know how to do is play Amazing Grace on this thing. And he holds up his harmonica to himself. I just know how to play one song. And he said, God, if you, if you, if you give me the ter- determination to practice and to become skilled at this, I will only play this to worship you. He is quite possibly the most unbelievable harmonica player I've ever heard in my life. He blows the guy from Blues Traveler out of the water. And he's good. But he uses that, he uses that gift. And just when you think he is out of talent with, with imitation of Barney Fife and leading, leading songs with the harmonica, then he sits down at the piano and you're like, holy cow. God blesses that. And he'll be the first one to tell you. So this, this lady comes and she breaks this huge bottle. And she got this for it. You're an idiot. And they scolded her harshly. What are you doing? Why would you do that? I heard a lady get asked that question one time. A significantly large amount of money. She said, I want to give this to the church and I don't want any uh, recognition. I was on a group that she gave that money to so we could go give it to the church. And she said, I don't want any recognition for it. I don't want my name on a plaque. I want to do this. And in my head, I'm like, what in the world are you doing? That is a gigantic sum of money. It wasn't about the even, even the number on the figure. It was that she was giving out of what God had given her. And some people, we use, we use our talents, some people will come to you and be like, why are you doing that? Why do you clean the bathrooms? Why? Because we're giving out of what God gave us. The greatest gift giver ever. Go, look, on, look on verse 6. If you underline your Bible, look at this. But Jesus. <laughs> now, the, Jesus is now wet. Okay? His head's now wet. He smells really good. But his hair's wet. Okay? He says, listen, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? Okay. Jesus curbs all attitudes. Right then, he says, quit your arguing, quit, you don't know what you're talking about. You're criticizing, but you don't know the whole answer. And in verse 7, he says this, you always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. He was telling them some insight about what was going to happen to him in his life. And in verse 8, he goes on, she has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. Right over them. They've been like, okay, we're all going to die, right? You see, that's what they're thinking. And it's going right over their head. Jesus is literally calling out a prophetic vision of his death. 
And in verse 9, I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Guess what? 2018 Mount Vernon, Illinois. Connection, we're talking about it. The Bible is never wrong. <laughs> will be remembered and discussed. Jesus' words 2,000 years ago, He goes, this will be remembered forever. It will be talked about and discussed about the gifts that have been given to me and the sacrifice of money that she made, the sacrifice of the perfume that she made, all because of what God had done for her in her life. If you have your worship handout. Jesus was giving Mary credit for this. Listen, our gifts can be used to this. To do what Mary did is to demonstrate it in honor. Our gifts can be used to demonstrate honor. She also demonstrated because it showed love. Or we can give a gift to provide for a need. You know, there's people in this church that continue to blow me away. Just when I think that I have you guys figured out, somebody goes and just pushes that bar way out of reach again. We, have a, we, have a, we had a physical need this week. They had, some people had two vehicles, both in the shop. Going to be in the shop at the same time. And there was a person that heard about the need. They contacted the people and said, We have an extra vehicle. Take it. It's full of gas. Use it. That is what the church does. That's what it does. That's the needs that it meets. They provided for a need. I talked to that lady because I just knew the situation. And she said... Well, we did have a problem. I said, oh yeah, you did? What's going on? Crazy people at Connection met our need. That's what God has given you this stuff for. It come, that gift was given. This is how that gift was given. That gift was given by a person that received something in their heart from God. They opened it up. Oh, wow. They looked at how it works. They used it. And as a result of that, provided for a need. Man. If you have had somebody, somebody come and meet a real need in your life, it will change your life. Also, guess what? Do you think this said person that was helped out with this vehicle will help somebody else? Yes. It's contagious gift giving. In Matthew 2.11 we see another gift. Look at this. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. First of all, they entered the house. Wise men, according to Matthew, were not at the birth. Okay, this is probably one, Jesus is probably one or two years old. They come to a house. J- Joseph and Mary have been married by this time. And they bowed down and they worshipped Him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave Him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These three combined with the perfume. In this time, Jesus has received four of the most expensive presents that could ever be Bought or given. Why? Because he deserves it. And people are sacrificing to give him this kind of stuff. What do you sacrifice to further God's kingdom? When, when is it going to be time for, for us to say, like Paul did when he wrote in a prison and he said, 
He said, I don't care what this world does to me. I have you and you're all I need. When is it going to come time where we say, God, I don't have everything that I want, but I have everything that I need in you. When's the last time that we got up in the morning and we said, God, I, I am so blown away by your presence and spirit. Thank you for giving me breath and giving me another day. What can I do for you? It's an anti-American question. The American question is, what can I get from you? The God question is, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? How can I... Man, God, I don't have much. I don't have gifts of gold in my house. Okay, cool. Can you pray for people? Can you help people? Can you work on cars? Can you do... Whatever you can do. Can we give it? Look at the next... Look at the next, this next one. This, is, this has been a verse that has just been on my... Oh. Paul, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. We, when we talked about giving a couple months ago, we looked at this scripture, we looked at these, at these churches. And it's easy for us to look and say, well, that church had a lot of money. Study it. They didn't. They didn't. They gave what they could. Do you know why they gave what they could? Because they could not stop getting Jesus. God had changed them so much, the gospel had just wrecked their life. Just blown out the old and just made them radically new. They were crazy followers of Christ. I, I don't know, if they walked into a church today, they would probably be, just be like, whoa. They operated on a level because they kept going. You can't get to the next level if you say, oh, I have this shiny package and I don't want to open it. You can't get there. Who cares if it has shiny paper? Who cares? My grandpa used to wrap stuff up for us in, with the funny the cartoons in the newspaper. And he used to joke with us before we could know how to read. He said, as soon as you can read it, you can open it. <laughs> I don't care what your present wrapping paper looks like. But you have to unwrap. You've been given, but you've not received it. Have people that can do all kinds of different things. How can we give to further God's kingdom? This is a group of churches working together. What in the world is that? We like our stuff, how we do our stuff, and everybody else is just weird. Listen, I hung out with a whole bunch of different churches yesterday. 87 young people spread 11 different ways across this county, all under 6th grade, Sharing God's love with people. They made food. They made blankets. They brushed horses. They brushed horses for the glory of God. Okay? All kinds of different things. They played bingo with some elderly people. They did all kinds of things just to show how good God is. These churches were not financially well off to get uh, uh, separately. But what they did is they combined. They knew they had the same jersey on. They may have a different number, but they had the same jersey on. And they didn't all give the same. They all sacrificed the same. That's it. They didn't all give the same. They sacrificed the same. They gave what God... The sacrificial giving is not comfortable. If you're not on page with God. Sacrificial giving is not 
easy unless you are in communication with God. If you're not, it goes, I'd like to buy that. No. It becomes, it becomes inward, inward focused, not sacrificially for something else. So I'm not talking to you about money. We're going to get there in the next, in the next sermon series after, after Easter. You have to come back, okay? It's good. God wants to do some great things. Unbelievable things. And I'm telling you, if you're a praying person, I want to ask you something. First of all, I want to say thank you. Some of you prayed for me on my diet. It's a huge deal for me. I've battled weight my whole entire life. Somebody asked me how I was doing this morning. I said, I'm lighter than last week. <laughs> As an example, I want to lead you, and I'm not comfortable with how I look. I want to be in better shape. I want to be, I want to be in... Because God gave me this. And I want to use it for Him. And He really, really, really convicted me. And He said, you need to do something because you need to be a better example to your family and your church. So for some of you carb lovers like I am, I haven't had a piece of bread since last Friday. Uh-huh. I know. So, so if you're sitting here and you've been in connection for a couple of months, you say, well, Matt is absolutely a lunatic because now he doesn't eat bread or french fries or potatoes. And he hasn't had a soda in over nine years. This guy is melted. <laughs> Listen, I want to give everything I have for God. And some of that being a pastor is physical. So I said this, God, hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. Because there's going to be things. This this is why it's important. Do I want to bench press 400 pounds? No. I could care less about that. This is what I want. Yesterday I went roller skating with 87 young people. That is like herding cats. (laughs) But I didn't fall and I didn't step on anyone, okay? (laughs) It was so much fun. But you know what I got to do with the body that God has given me? I skated with some children. And none of them could stay on their feet the whole time. So as I would come by, I would grab them by their arm and I would be able to pick them up. You may think, well, that's just, you know, you're showing off. You know, okay, you lift kids. Listen, that's a, that, that's a, that is a gift to touch that kid and to help them. And God really got on me. He said, listen, dude. He goes, you keep doing this, you're going you're gonna to be unhealthy, all this stuff. And you guys are thinking, well, I don't need to know about Matt's life. You have to know why I'm doing it so you can pray for me. I don't have to be, nor will I ever be, in Muscle and Fitness magazine. And I don't care. I just want to be physically in better shape because God has called me to such a high thing. You need to be a good example. Listen, what are you doing with the vessel? That God has given you. Sometimes we say, well, you know, I do this, but I just want to do it 25%. No. 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 God did not call us to be 25%. Jesus didn't die 25%. All in. My dad's lost 180 pounds. And his thing since we started this was, (laughs) golly. About a year ago, it was the first time in my entire life I put my arms all the way around my dad. And I squeezed the snot out of him. I did. It was a huge deal for me. Never been able to touch my arms around my dad. And he said, I'm all in for the big win. Listen, we're one week closer than we were last week. We're one day closer than we were yesterday to Jesus coming back. 
the stuff and junk going on in this world. I don't know when Jesus is going to come back. I hope it's soon, but I also hope it's not soon because I have people, family, and friends that do not know Jesus. And if I'm going to be the person that gives them that gift, I better be ready to do it. What are we giving? What are we giving? Look at the next blank in your worship handout. Of course we know this. God's the greatest gift giver of all. He's given us Jesus. This is what He gave us. He gave us a human form, the the man structure, a physical thing that people could see and they wrote about so we can learn. He gave the physical presence of Himself on earth to His creation. Yeah, God's given. Yeah, He's good. He's good. He's good, good Father. Yeah, okay. Someday like, yeah, you're an okay Father. I got stuck by three trains. You ready for this? Children's Missions Day. We come over, we're coming west, or we're going east, we come over the first set of tracks, and I look and I said, God, I have a, I have a van full of connection kids, and I said, God's going to bless us with this train. And I heard from the back, oh, I don't like trains, I don't like trains, I don't like trains. And I said this, every time we get stopped by a train, I said, if this train stops us, we're going to begin to pray for people in connection. Oh, okay. The train went on. Things caught, we didn't even have to slow down, we just, we just went on. What we talked about yesterday with Grandma Ruth at Lifeboat. And I said, thank you so much for letting us serve. And this lady is, I'm guessing, upper 70s, mid 70s. She comes around the counter. Okay, she's really a grandma. She had to have hands-on hugs when we left. For real. She comes around the counter. And she's like this tall. So I was like Godzilla to her. Okay? And she comes to me and she goes, you hugged me. And she just hugged me. And she goes, I'm so elated that you're here. Wow. Romans 6.23, look at this next verse. For the wages of sin, that's what we earn because we sin, is death. We earn death. You earn death. You don't even deserve to be here. But, 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 look who the greatest gift giver is. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no other way. John 14.6 says the same thing. It's through Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 9.7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Oh, don't do this now. It's tax season. I just got a bunch of money or I just paid a bunch of money. to Don't talk to me about this now. Jesus talks about money all over the New Testament. And He says this, You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, just like the kids. They run up. Right? It also means this. If any church, any any, any, any church, its members, up to a certain size, if the members and all the people incorporated in that church gave sacrificially like God asked us to in this thing, there would not be any problem with any budget in any church in the history of the world. It's impossible. Because God takes that, He says, watch this. And he uses it. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Yesterday, I had kids. They were going, listen, I'm telling you right now. I had four kids from Connection. They do know how to clean. They can break eggs. They can cook cakes. They can do a whole bunch of stuff. If they don't do it for you, come and talk to me. I'll talk with them. Okay? 
Maybe they'll cook you dinner. <laughs> and they're like, can I crack the eggs? I want to crack the eggs. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> and then, listen, listen, this is what they did. They even, we, we cooked the grilled cheese and they said, we want to give them something special. We cut them in triangles. How awesome is that? It wasn't just, here's the grilled cheese. It was, these were gourmet. Okay? Real craft singles in these things. It was a good deal. Butter on both sides, nice and golden brown. Some of you are like, holy cow, I'm hungry. They said, we, we gave those gifts and they may say, oh, it's just, it's just gifts of food and you just, you just help some people out that needed help. I hope and pray on everything in my life that those kids will never forget what we did yesterday. You remember that time, man? They may be adults, and maybe someday they may be standing right here with with their with their future spouse, their engaged person, and I may be doing a wedding for them. And I may during the rehearsal dinner, I said, "Do you remember when we cooked at life at lifeboat for the first time?" Yeah, that was a long time ago. Just to watch those kids grow and be passionate about Jesus, to make much of Him, we have to give. Look at the last blank on your worship handout. Out of the gifts that God has given us, we should give. I said, well, I don't have much to give. Listen, we had somebody give someone else their vehicle for a week and said, we don't need it, use it, drive it, treat it like it's yours. We have people that call other people and they meet needs. Connection has met needs in a lot of people's lives. Why? Because every single one of us, if we want to be real and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, first of all, that's, that's, that has to be there. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been wrecked by the grace and gift of God in your life. Changed. To not unwrap that gift. It's not what God intended. Use it. Use it. I'm telling you people, there are things that are going on. God is moving in ways that you cannot possibly understand. And I want to take connection and we don't ever want to move from the center of what's going on in God's life. I want to be right smack dab in the middle when God says left, we go this way. When God says turn right, we go this way. Show us what we can do. Show us how we can give. Show us what we can do for you. Because we're nothing apart from Him. He's given you so many things. He's given you gifts. What we're going to do with them. Let's pray. God, we thank You so much for the opportunity to come and study Your Word the opportunity to look at our life look at what you've given us God you are you are moving and as you move and as we get closer God the storm gets stronger from Satan and we and sometimes that those storms are so strong that we just want to turn around and go away because the storms are much less if we turn away from you listen God will you just empower us to trust You, to stretch our faith, to move out, to be the people, to be the church, to impact this community, God. God, could we be so bold that You could use us to impact this state? 
And God, could we be even bolder that say, God, could you use connection and its people to impact the world for your name? Thank you for the things, God, that you've given us. Help us to unwrap, to learn, to use that gift, those gifts that we've been given. In your name we pray. Amen.